Welcome to Stories with Shrinks, a podcast where we over-psychoanalyze characters from your favorite movies, TV, and media. I'm Tyler, he, his, him. I'm Jennifer, she, her, hers. And today, we're gonna... And that's all you get. You know, we were talking about topics for this episode, and the world's a little rough right now. It's a little scary out there. So we decided we were going to go back to something that brings us a lot of joy, something that we first bonded over together uh, as friends. And we're, we're bringing you, it's been over a year, so I'm allowed to do it again, which makes me so happy. We are back with more characters from musical theater. And so that is what we're going to be talking about with you today. And as a little get to know you question before we get started here, I had a well, actually, I think I think we'll stick with this one, Jen. Mm-hmm. If you at at you can pick any point in your life, any any sort of age that you were, I want you to tell me what would be the title of your "I Want" song from that point of your life. Do you know what an "I Want" song is? I, I think I know what you're referring to. So for those of yeah 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 so for those of us who don't know, uh, and I want song is a song in a musical that usually takes place at towards the beginning. It's like the mm-hmm. third or fourth song in usually, and it's the main character saying like, "This is what I want." Uh, so for example, the Wizard and I from mm-hmm, Wicked mm-hmm. is Alphabuzz I Want song. Mm-hmm. It is and Jen is giggling because I think she's having inappropriate thoughts. <laughs> Go to jail. No, Bonk, go to jail. No, it was just like that can be such a loaded question if you look oh, yeah. at throughout my timeline. Oh, no, like, no, no. Same, Ooh. same. So that's why I was like, give yourself your whole yes. life to look over so you can pick one that feels safe for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, while you're thinking about that, I'll finish explaining I want songs. So, like, The Wizard and I with Alphaba, she sings about how she wants to be there with the wizard and have people accept her and care yeah. for her. That's her I want song. Mm-hmm. Other examples off the top of my head. Well, I know we've been, we've both been um, bumping uh, some love Love and Hate Nation. So good. And I'm trying to think if Love and Hate Nation has an I Want song. I was thinking it's more like the duet of uh, like when she's singing. The other one? Yeah. Well, that one. Yes. Um, But earlier when she's kind of explaining her lyrical style of adding Oh, yeah, right at the beginning of the montage. Yeah, 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 yeah. But my thought was in SpongeBob SquarePants, the musical, he has mm. a good I Want song. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Simple Sponge is it a wonderful so I Want song. And it's all about him wanting to be taken seriously and not mm-hmm. just treated like a simple sponge. We do love a whole lot. Uh, another thing that, oh, and this also comes up in animated musicals. So this is the big, the big one. That, that is waiting on a miracle from Encanto. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Uh, that is, the that ultimate. is her I want song. Yeah. 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 Of like, I just want to be treated like an equal in my family. So you've had some time to think now. We've been, yes. we've been vamping for a little bit here. So what would be the title of your want, I want song and what chapter of your life are we looking at here? Yeah. 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 So we might have to workshop titles a little bit, but I was sure, thinking the sure, chapter sure. of my life would be. And I've, I've shared this on the podcast before, but like right after breakup, right, right yeah. after breakup was um, something that occurred in the world that shut down everything. Um, and, you know, that moment of I just want a fucking break. 
<laughs> like, I just want to be able to go have fun, like be able to be free at last. And now the world is shut down again and I'm stuck at home. Um, cool. Cool. I've got, I've got, I've got it. I've got, got the title okay. for you. Yes. It's, it's give me a break. Parenthesis explicit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> you love to see it. I just want a break. Um, yeah. I was also, I feel like it would, and you'll, you'll laugh just because we know this joke, but the, uh, the kind of the theme of that whole era was hashtag live your best life. Um, mm-hmm. And it is still hashtag live your best life. So I feel like that Always. would maybe be the reprise. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Very good. Very good. Yes. What about you? Um, for me, the one that comes immediately to mind is when I was an undergrad, uh, trying to decide on what I wanted to major in because I was at the time, this is a lovely uh, thematic, because uh, <laughs> at the time I was doing both acting classes and psychology classes. And mm-hmm. I was like, which one do I want to do? Uh, and I had a moment in my car where I was driving and the logic clicked in that I could do both. Yes. Um, so I think it'd be called like picking and choosing Mm -hmm. or either, or, or I want both. I don't know. Something like that. I'm almost like, you know, that, that stoplight moment. Yeah, it it was, it was this moment where I just felt something click in my brain and it was Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, you can minor in theater arts acting and major in psychology. And it turns out the study of the two things are not that far removed from each other. I Uh, did the same lily pad initially. Yeah. (laughs) And you get to do whatever you want. Yeah. Hey, if you're in college right now and you're listening to this, you get to do whatever you want. Right. I think we can just put that put that in a big bold underline. Take your within interests, reason. Take your passions and combine them. Yeah. Do whatever you want with it within reason. Within um, reason. The, don't don't commit crimes. Right. <laughs> right. Don't commit crimes, but do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Love life. stories with shrinks. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's enough out of us uh, before we get started here. But we have made our way to, uh, a, a, well, a couple different places, I think. I think we've both made our way to very different, very uh, different locations. Places, yes. Yeah. Um, so, Jen, I'll start with you. Why don't you tell me a little bit about where you are and this new client that you're yes. seeing? Um, I don't know. I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because this this musical is also a movie. And I'm going to that say is a, most musicals now, so you're fine. Yes, that's true. But I'm going to make a very controversial statement. I don't like the movie. I only like the musical of it. Um, um, so, yeah. Get in the comments. Get in the comments <laughs> for this one, because you haven't heard the reveal yet, but I know what's coming. <laughs> I'm not. A, the movie got really, really hyped when I was in high school, mm-hmm. and... It wasn't funny in my book because I relate to this character more than other characters and I just didn't enjoy it as much. Um, but I like the mu- the musical of it. And uh, maybe it's because you need the music to enhance the teen drama to make it more like I can I can take the far fetchiness of it with music. Mm-hmm. rather than the seriousness of the movie that it brought suspension in. of disbelief is a huge thing <laughs> yes it helped um but i'm okay making controversial statements um i'm talking about the musical mean girls <laughs> and um specifically talking and, uh, and again this will be from the musical perspective mm-hmm. of mean girls yes so i am 
a school counselor at North Shore High working with a group of students. And recently I had a girl get brought into my office by the name of Janice Sarkowskian. And she is always kind of been on the radar of the school counselors. She comes in in a very grunge, fuck the world, everyone is the worst kind of attitude and kind of marches to the beat of her own drum. But recently there's been a lot more kind of chaotic drama going around the group of girls at the school, especially amongst the sophomore class. But again, specifically, Janice is a 16-year-old female. She's a sophomore high school student at North Shore High. And she is coming into my office at the request of some of the teachers who have been watching just kind of some extra odd behavior amongst the girls. And we're all very much aware of this and the hierarchy that happens on the lunch grounds, on the, um, the school grounds amongst the girls at this high school. But in her case, we are gonna specifically talk about like, what are the expectations and friendship dynamics happening in her world? How she is currently like identifying with herself in her self-expression, in the way she views herself in comparisons to others themes of betrayal and exploration and giving her an opportunity to kind of feel seen and heard beyond the the platform she kind of puts out there so she explains that she was initially um, befriending this new girl Katie at school and they kind of had this scheme and this plan to get back at what they called the plastics and she lost her friend Katie in the process and she feels like shit it happened again and I can't trust anyone and I'm kind of just done with the people and the friendships in my life and we're going to give her an opportunity to process that and how it has kind of affected her behavior in classes and at events and what is actually going on because you can't just go around flipping people off in the hallways and being aggressive and this would also lead to a conversation of, but I'm not the bully here. Why am I in trouble? Why do I always seem to be the one getting in trouble when other people are the issue? And you're right, that's not fair. It's not fair that this girl named Regina is taking over the school and causing a lot of toxic emotional environments. And yet she's not the one sitting across from me right now let's talk about that. Let's talk about, you know, the, the double standards of, you know, school hierarchies that it seems like sometimes when we start to fight back and we start to stick up for ourselves, how are we the ones that are now in trouble? How are we the ones that are getting sent to the school counselor's office or getting sent to the principal's office and talking about how it's not fair but then in ways talking about how we can better communicate our needs and our feelings and get the help and resources as a 16 year old struggling to kind of get through their sophomore year and give her that opportunity to tell her side of the story about what's actually going down at school amongst this group of girls as us adults all see it, but nothing has come across our desk yet. And it makes it really hard when we don't have evidence of the actual issue, but more the consequences of people responding to the issues 
in their own way. So again, giving her an opportunity to tell her side of the story. But going back to expectations and friendships, what does it mean to be a 16-year-old girl who's figuring herself out and trying to make friends and trying to maintain friendships in high school? It is a hard time. You know, developmentally, this is the classic opportunity to reinvent yourself and trying to, you know, figure out who you are outside of your parents' standards and norms and ideals or your primary caregivers. And yet at the same time, friendships are our main identity focused area. We get into cliques and groups and there's a song in the musical about where do you belong? Find your niche, find your group. You'll know how to survive if you can find your group in high school. And it's true, we do take so much of our identity based off of the clique we fall into. And there's also that dynamic of, are we just putting on a show to make sure other people like us, to make sure that we you know, have a way to survive the day? And how do we develop authentic friendships out of that if we're constantly pretending to be someone we're not? And I wouldn't say Janice is doing this at all. She's definitely not pretending to be someone she's not. And yet she's also putting up a huge wall to herself to make sure that no one really knows who she is and no one can really get close enough to, to invite those genuine friendships, except for the, her friends that she does have within the musical Damon and um, Caddy throughout different moments. But again, that idea of, you know, someone, someone hurt you and you lost that friendship and giving her an opportunity to tell the story about what happened in eighth grade when she thought she had a really good friend. And then the rumor started to spread and what that means to her and what it meant to have Regina call her lesbian and spread rumors around campus and give her a chance to explore what, you know, being called a lesbian means to her and what that means against her identity and how she expresses herself. And if it is expressed, if it is affecting her identity formation process. You know, in the case of we want her to feel authentic coming out if she needs to come out, but then also not pushing that label on her by any means and not letting it become a, well, she was right, so I'm just going to avoid, but then also how do I navigate the world? And even if it's, you know, coming out within any dynamic of the spectrum, of sexuality, just giving her space to feel comfortable doing so without it becoming, you know, well, Regina George was right. And look, what, what about me now? Um, but again, even without the sexuality piece, just her self-identity, who are you? Who are you? And how do you want to portray yourself to the world? And I think bringing in the art dynamic she does really enjoy art and expressing herself through art would be so beneficial in this kind of therapeutic relationship when we work with teenagers it can be tricky because we want to treat them like the adults that they are coming in with a very adult feelings and emotions and yet give them an opportunity to still have fun and express themselves maybe in a way that children would typically through like art play or sand tray or giving them ways more, giving them more expressive ways to talk about their feelings than just sit across the sofa and talk to me. Cause I have a feeling she would also be the kind of client that would, you know, silently stare at you for an hour and say like, look, I did it. I was here. Bye. I'm not talking about my feelings. 
So again, giving her ways to externalize her emotions through opportunities like art therapy or sand tray therapy, which is, because I don't know if we've talked really about sand tray that much here. I don't um, think we have. So um, within sand tray therapy, there is a little sandbox. Sometimes it's just like a little like um, Tupperware container, kind of a sandbox, storage container. Storage yeah. container. Other times it's a, a bigger box like area on wheels on wheels carts and it's a group of miniatures and toys and uh, a variety of different items from you know play uh, plastic animals to ceramic houses to fictional characters people characters a variety of uh, cultural backgrounds a variety of um, uh, different able needs uh, so you mm-hmm. might have, you know, Rapunzel next to, you know, Wonder Woman. And then across the way, you'll have a variety of families of different ages and dynamics. Um, and you ask a client, hey, here's your prompt. For instance, you know, show me the hierarchy of the school. And she would go to the toys and pick out different pieces that represent different areas of that prompt. Um, so for instance, in the musical, there's a song called Ape predator where they kind of respond to Regina as if she was the predator on campus so she might pick out that you know predator animal and for her and then where does she put it in the sandbox where's the hierarchy being formed how does she represent herself if she pulling out what kind of toy or character or representation of herself but it provides a way to externalize how you view the world, how you view yourself. I know personally when I've done sand tray, I've been able to like find myself in like a character and it's usually the part of yourself that you might be afraid for others to see. You know, it's not necessarily like, oh yeah, I'm going to pull out Wonder Woman for me. Okay, well, yeah, I, I do always think that I'm just like this amazing, awesome superhero, but like, what else? Who else could represent you in this room? And I've had even clients go like, so I'm noticing that like, sometimes this is the version of ourselves we want others to see. I'm wondering if you could also pick out a character that represents, you know, that inner part that we don't let others see very often and have both of them be represented in the sand tray and create that scene with both how we see others, how others view ourselves. And then you can open up a dialogue based on what's in the sand tray itself. So for instance, instead of saying like, well, what would you say to Regina? What would Regina say to you? How would you respond to Regina in eighth grade? How would you respond to her now? You'd go like, okay, so I noticing we have Tiger here. How would Tiger respond to Wonder Woman figurine? How would these two interact with each other? How do you think this character would react to that tree over there Um, and allow them to invite that dialogue within the box, which can be a lot safer than saying me, I, them in response to others. So again, providing her a way to externalize her feelings and provide um, the safety of an artistic expression would be very beneficial as she's exploring herself and those themes of you know, hierarchy in school and friendships in school and betrayal and even inviting her, you know, at some point to talk about family dynamics, what's happening at home. How did your family respond to what happened in eighth grade? They were they comforting? Were they caring? Did they go, oh my gosh, just get over it. You're such, 
you're being such a girl right now. Stop being so dramatic. Stop being so emotional. How did they respond to you? And was that fair? Was that what you needed at the time? How can we provide that eighth grade self what they needed when their best friend betrayed them in such a toxic way? And really giving her a chance to, to explore her feelings and her identity in those external ways and hopefully be able to have her come to some kind of conclusion that yes, it is not fair that you're the one sitting here. And it seems like Regina's gonna get away with certain dynamics. Believe me, she'll have she'll have her time and place and she'll she'll most likely have some consequences to her actions at some point. But right now this can be very helpful to you so that one day the Regina Georges of the world don't push that button as easily. Don't get us to make choices and decisions that get us in trouble as well. And their opinions of us, though they never quite go away, the Regina Georges, but they don't have to hurt us as much. We can separate ourselves from them and recognize what they're going through as their own stuff and not our stuff. And that would be my process with her. Excellent. Yeah, I... I agree with pretty much everything you said, <laughs> uh, which is awesome, uh, especially using art and kind of tapping into that more creative side of the brain. Like we we see that like with kids, like, yeah, art therapy is something that happens a lot or expressive arts therapy, which is the specific type of art therapy that we mm-hmm. do in sessions. Um, but I do it with adults all the yeah. time too. Uh, and I do it in weird ways. Uh, Janice, I was thinking is like somebody who would be so into doing like a tarot reading. Yes, absolutely. Uh, or, or the Celtic runes, which I have mm-hmm. behind me as well. These projective uh, interventions that are less about like, oh yeah, this tarot card means this. And more so what, do you, what information are you putting into this tarot mm-hmm. reading? What, mm-hmm. you know, how does it apply to you? Uh, and really getting her on board with that, I think would be pretty easy. I think right. she would probably want to do one of those was like where, where my head went. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing my, my head went to is dang, I miss doing Santre. I, I love Santre so much, mm-hmm. but uh, I've been completely digital since March of 2020. So I haven't had a chance to do real, like we've done online Santre. It's a little but different. It's, it's right? not the same. Yeah. It's not the same. So I miss it a lot. Uh, and that's, that reminded me of how much I miss it. So thank you for bringing that in. But, so before we head off on our way to break, tell me what about Janice spoke to you? Um, well, last time we did a topic like this, I was thinking like, oh, should I do Janice? But I, I went with the waitress instead and, you know, just love. There's not a wrong answer to what musical do you want to cover? No. And I think we're going to be doing not this topic all. more. So I get to explore more. Uh, but this time it was a lot easier choice for me and I didn't debate it as much just because, you know, I, I love her song, I'd Rather Be Me. And mm-hmm. it was such an anthem for my life in a, in a period. It's almost weird. It would be like, that would be my, my, uh, n- not necessarily um, I want song, but maybe the song shortly after would be, I'd yeah. rather be me or maybe shortly before technically. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was such an anthem for me. And I, I do love the music to this um musical and she is so fiercely independent and so fiercely I don't care about what other people think and I definitely went through that phase of being hurt and you know what fine the wall's up I'm done and 
also that comes with such a cost that comes with such a hiding what's really going on in your life and a lot of pain and um, allowing yourself to go like it's okay to let that wall back down and friends can be trusted and we might have to learn how to better communicate our needs and boundaries and you don't have to go zero to 100 but you can slowly let someone in and feel safe uh, but yeah she's she's a great character and is a really good her 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 songs are so good <laughs> they're all really good um yeah, I would highly recommend I'd Rather Be Me, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, I've used that, that song in sessions before. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. We're going to head off to break, and then we'll be right back with more Stories with Shrinks. Hey y'all, this is Jennifer. We wanted to reach out and let you all know that we are on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stories with Shrinks and on Twitter, Shrink Stories. We post before episodes, little sneak peeks about what we're talking about and trying to engage more with our community about the topic. You can find that and join the story with us online. Welcome back to Stories with Shrinks where we are talking about all things musical theater going back to our comfort and our roots of something that just brings us joy and something we enjoy a lot between our friendship and i just finished off with the better mean girls the musical yes controversy but tyler i do believe you have a new client i do Uh, i have set up shop in 19 New York, where there are lots of gamblers running around, lots of uh, missionaries running around trying to save some souls. And I find myself working with the one, the only star of the hot box theater, Miss Adelaide. Miss Adelaide is in her 30s cisgender female heterosexual she is a show dancer slash singer at the hot box theater she has been engaged for 14 years and she is referred to me by her medical doctor where she went in for a medical consult about a cold that she's had chronically for the last little while uh, multiple years And the doctor said, I think this might be psychosomatic and handed her a book, uh, did some bibliotherapy with her and handed her a book about psychosomatic symptoms. Uh, And she was like, you know what I should really do is go see a mental health professional. It probably might be a good idea to work on this stuff with. And so that is where we begin with Miss Adelaide. So to give a little background on her, she reports that she's been in a long-term relationship with the same man for the last you know, 15, 16 years, they've been engaged for 14 of them. And she feels like her needs are not being met. One need in particular being that she wants to be married. She's somebody who wants to have that American dream, you know, husband and kids and a house and someone with a respectable job, that sort of a thing. And to put it, you know, Bluntly, her fiance is a gambler and someone who actually puts is the person who puts together the gambling games that happen in this sort of seedy underbelly part of New York. And he made a deal with her that he was going to stop running the game 
and he has not kept up with that promise. And in fact, he keeps running the game anyway. So she, on top of all of that, she has been having to lie to her mother to look like an outs- uh, an upstanding woman uh, in this time period. Being engaged for 14 years is unheard of. It is way long. Uh, and even nowadays, I think we would consider that to be an extremely long engagement. Uh, and she has had to tell her mother that they did get married and that they've had five kids with a sixth on the way. And she is starting to get to the point where these lies are no longer going to be realistic. And she's built up this fantasy of a story to her family where she really, all she really wants to do is be genuine with them. And so we've got a few things here that we're going to work on regarding this relationship that she's in, this romantic relationship that's not meeting her needs in the way that she would like. And I'm going to start this off with personal bias discussion. Because when we talk about romantic relationships for our clients, especially ones that we really care about, uh, you get to the point where you really care about their well-being. You want them to be in the best version of themselves just as much as they want to be the best versions of themselves. And then they go, yeah, I started dating this person. And they start describing the relationship. And you, in the back of your head, go, oh, no. Oh, no. Buddy. No. And so with Adelaide describing this relationship, my bias, I can already tell you up front, my bias would be that this is a bad relationship. This isn't healthy. They want different things. There's too much untru- There's too much distrust. There's too much. There's just a lot going on here that I don't agree with as far as a relationship is concerned. The good news is, well, the good news for Adelaide's fiance, I suppose, is that that is my stuff and not Adelaide's stuff. And my position as her counselor, her therapist, her shrink, whatever, is to accept where she's at and help her move through the stuff that she's going through, regardless of whether I agree with her decisions or not. So I wanted to put that up at the front here because my brain would just be like, break up with them um, because she kind of needs to. But she doesn't want to. She loves him uh, and she can't, you know, stop herself from loving him. So Instead, we're going to talk about what is working in the relationship currently. And so, you know, starting with the stuff that's good, because I don't think it's all bad. I'm sure there's stuff that is working for her and serving her. And so talking about that, and you find out that her fiance, Nathan, is very sweet. He's loving. He's doting. Uh, When he's not lying to her, he actually is a really nice partner to her. They work well together. He comes and sees her shows. He supports her. Uh, all that, all this really nice, lovely stuff about him where he's a supportive, loving partner. And they go, okay, and what's not working? And it's the fact that he keeps going behind her back to run this crap game and to, you know, make, he's hanging out with people who she doesn't really think are good for him or are going to be good for the life that they're setting up. And more importantly than anything, he's not committing to their relationship in the same way that she's committing to their relationship. And so this is where fantasy and reality are a little bit different here, which is where I want to draw the line next, which is in the show, she has this chronic cold and we do have somatic disorders in the DSM five. There are things that can appear as bodily sickness 
that are psychological in nature. That being said, the way that it's played off in the show is not necessarily super realistic of what a somatic experience like this would be. Um, Somatic disorders are often more attributed to trauma than they are to what I would consider anxiety for Adelaide. Um, Doesn't mean that they can't be. It's just a little bit not totally clicking with the reality version of this. But let's just say she's got anxiety that's severe enough to kind of cause the somatic reaction. And so we'd be talking about what are the things that are worrying you about this? And, you know, how do we start making your life feel like it's more genuine and feel like it's more in line with what you want rather than worrying about these things that are happening over and over and over again? So the first thing would be what's worrying you, right? And with her, I think it's the lying. I think that she doesn't like having to lie to her family. I think she doesn't like being lied to and that there's a certain need for truth and honesty in her relationships across the board that she doesn't have at the moment. And I think this also plays into the commitment stuff with her fiance, where he's not being totally truthful with her by saying, Hey, maybe I'm not ready to settle down yet because he doesn't want her to leave him for somebody who will. And so to talk about like, how can we, how can we learn how to communicate what you need here from Nathan and what you might need from you and how do we set those boundaries and how do we start building up a foundation of something healthy here? If you're going to decide to stick it out and work on it, how do we start working on this? And with her, I would start with the boundary of let's just start by being honest with yourself. So we've already talked about what's working in the relationship, what's not really working in the relationship. Let's talk about for you, Adelaide, what makes you a good, strong, wonderful person? And what are you not so proud of in your life? What are the things that are not, you know, contributing to who you want to be that you have control over? And so we're back to my favorite conversation I have with clients all the time. What can you actually control? Not a whole lot, really just what you do. Can't control what you feel. You can't control what you think. You can control what you do when you're paying attention to what you're thinking and feeling and you know who you are. So to talk to her about that, like what are some choices you can make that would be different to enforce this need for truth in your life and this need for honesty? from others. And I think the, the thing would be, you know, to set a boundary with her fiance and say, Hey, look, I have turned a blind eye to you running this crap game for too long. I have a hard boundary here where I need you to, to either be supportive of me in a way that I feel is trustworthy and good, or we're, done here or whatever it might, whatever that, you know, not necessarily ultimatum, but whatever that boundary might be for her. I don't think that we're done here would be the boundary for her. I think that's my bias uh, creeping in a little bit here, but for her to be like, you know, then I'm not going to, you know, want to go on dates with you, you know, explaining to Nathan sort of what the consequences of his actions are going to be on her and how she is going to now enforce this new boundary of don't lie to me, please. And knowing that Nathan could lie to her and then processing what would happen if that does happen, 
How are you going to uphold this? How are you going to keep doing this? That kind of a thing. Start with her. Move to, I think the next big one would be her relationship with her mother. And what would it be like telling your mom the truth about what's actually been going on here? Probably be pretty scary, pretty anxiety provoking, but also freeing to know that this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Because Adelaide doesn't have shame about who she is. This is one of the things that's really awesome about her as a person. She doesn't have shame about who she is. She knows who she is. She's very cool about it. And her mom is from like the Midwest and doesn't understand what it's like to be in New York and what, it, what it's like to be a show dancer and a singer in a, in a club, essentially. And what would it be like for your mom to know what your life really is like? To not have to lie, to not have to create these elaborate stories with six children and a husband that doesn't exist at the moment. Oh no, you froze. You totally froze on hand. No, you totally Copy. froze. What's going on? Can you, you hear me? You froze, you froze. Yeah, yeah, figured. What would it be like to um, not lie about a husband and children that don't exist? Was that That's where we left off? Yep. Okay. Yeah, what would it be like to not have to lie? about your life and to be true and honest. She is really good at accepting it for herself, but when she starts to present it to the people that she cares about, that's when it gets muddled up. It's to say, okay, you know who you are. Now we need to communicate it to other people. And then enforcing the boundary of, I need honesty in my romantic relationship because that's what makes her feel safe. So basically teaching her that within all things in her life, honesty is a value that she's going to hold up highly pushing her towards that more honest frame of life and seeing what happens. Luckily, we know through the show that Nathan eventually does come around and they do get married and he gets a real job working at a newsstand and they live happily ever after, luckily. We don't find out whether Adelaide keeps lying to her mother or not, which would be kind of weird. But I think really pushing for honesty for her would be the thing that we do. And that would be what we work on. Adelaide wouldn't be, I think, a long-term client. I think that she would be someone that comes in for, you know, four, five months, and then she'll be done. Get the stuff she needs and get out. Sure. So that's Adelaide. Yes. Um, one thought that I had come into mind at the beginning when we were talking about like judgment and not like facing those judgments, just the quick caveat in my brain of like, what can supersede that is safety. So we may not tell you what to do in your relationship as therapists. If there is a safety need, we are definitely going to be direct about that. Yes. <laughs> um, and be like, hey, yeah. you can stay with him, but I need you to have this list of safety planned tools um, so that you can be yeah. safe while exploring this relationship. But I think with her, like that's not necessarily and on yeah, the there... table. So. Yeah, there is no evidence of any dv or anything in this relationship it's just just kind of you know one of those relationships Mm -hmm. so tyler what made you go with adeline from guys and dolls yeah so unlike a lot of the characters that we bring here uh adelaide is not somebody i personally like 
relate to a whole lot. It's more so that I just saw a production of Guys and Dolls. And I remembered that Adelaide's big song is her reading the book about psychosomatic uh, experiences. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That is a, like somatic disorders are a thing. Like, like, what would it be like to bring that in here and kind of explain Adelaide's version of it, which is not necessarily the realistic one, um, but to explore that a little bit. Uh, and Guys and Dolls in particular, I have a lot of a, a huge soft spot for as a show. Is it perfect? Absolutely not. And in 2022, there are some questionable things in the script of that show. Um, but I, it was my senior year production in high school. That was what we did for our senior musical. Um, it was the one of the first shows I saw on Broadway ever when, in again, in high school, our drama department took a trip to New York. And we saw our first night was Billy Elliot. Our second night was Lion King. And our third show was the 2009 revival of Guys and Dolls. Um, and so I've just got a big soft spot for it. It's it's not a perfect show. It's very cheesy. It's very, you know, campy, golden age musical. But it's got some really good songs in it, some really cool characters in it. And it's, you know, close at heart because I just saw one of my really good friends perform Nathan Detroit Adelaide's fiance uh, in the show. So shout out to Lex if he's listening. Yes. Uh, and also, yeah, so it just was fresh on the brain Absolutely. more than anything else. And, you know, so often with musical theater, you do forget about those classic musicals that yes, can be problematic in today's times, but we're, but, but hold a dear place in our, in our musical theater history. Yeah, Absolutely. So, well, thank you. Yeah, thank you. So that's gonna wrap us up for this time. Uh, before we go, I think you know now more than ever, uh, it's nice to just remind everybody take care of each other and yourselves. Um, just so we're very clear about the stance of this podcast: trans rights are human rights. Love is love is love is love. Absolutely. And for real, it is a wild world that we're experiencing at the moment so take care of yourself in whatever way you need to take care of those around you if you have the energy and the ability to and if you have what i've been telling my clients is if you have time energy or money you can donate one of those things yes. if you find you have a surplus of one of the three try to hand it out in whatever way you can um, there are lots of issues that need some support right now so whatever is sort of close on your heart at the moment. Be able to help take care of others, take care of yourself and be kind, be kind to the world. Mm -hmm. Take care, everyone. Bye. Stories with Strengths is an entertainment and education podcast. Our views are our own and should not be considered canon or associated with any of the media or universes we discuss. And thank you to Purple Planet Music for our theme song, Phoenix Rising. You can find music for all your podcasting or YouTube needs at www.purple-planet.com. Mm -hmm.